0: I want to thank all of you for coming. We're going to open with a word of prayer, give you a little bit of a review from last week. Uh, Bill Creel, who chairs our relocation committee, can come and uh, take you through, the again, the revised plans. Um, and Frank Lambert, who chairs our budget finance committee, uh, can come back up as well. And we will put back on the screen the recommendation with regard to the plans and the financing and so forth, uh, one thing you will want to add to that recommendation when you see it on the slide is that uh, the, in order for it to pass, it will require an 80% vote on the morning of the 22nd. That has been the percentage requirement that we've had in all of our, our relocation votes ever since uh, 2001. Okay, So let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm grateful to you that you have brought us to this point. I thank you, Lord, that you have never given up on a plan for our church. I thank you that you have never grown tired of your plan for our church. And I'm thankful, Lord, that when uh, we would... Accelerate and then we'd back off, and then we'd accelerate and then back off. You never got so worn out with us that you gave up on us. We're here because uh, we believe that you have given us a plan for a future for this church. Lord, I thank you for Palmetto Baptist Church. I thank you for every single member of this body. I thank you for those who uh, regularly attend. And one thing that I'm so thankful about this church uh, is, Lord, they have looked at the question what do we need to do today to ensure that our church both survives and thrives 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road? And this church has responded in the right way uh, over the course of the entire history of this church. Other churches, even in this area, Lord, we don't wish any church bad. We want all churches to thrive. We're in this thing together. But all across this area, there are churches who are dismissive of that question. What will it take? And they're dying. They literally are dying. Lord, a lady who has visited this church three straight Sundays is visiting here because her church dissolved three weeks ago because they refused to look at the question, what will it take? A woman left this building, a different person left this building this morning, stopped, looked at me and said, pray for, and she mentioned a church that at this moment has one-fourth of the attendance that it had 15 years ago. Lord, I pray for the churches of this area. I pray for our church. And I'm thankful that our church, though we discuss things pretty heatedly, which is all right by me. This church has repeatedly said, let's stand up and do today what is necessary today to ensure that this church is the wonderful church that she is not only now, but 50 years down the road. And that's what this is about. And I thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Back in uh, 2001, in May of 2001, uh, Palmetto Baptist Church <clears throat> voted to authorize our trustees to look for relocation property. That was in May of 2001. In June of 2002, our trustees uh, found 19 acres. Uh, we later purchased an additional acre to make it 20, but we, our trustees recommended in June of 2002 that we purchase uh, 19 acres one mile south of here on the right on Highway 29. That vote required an 80% vote. Um, It it was approved by 91% of those who voted that night. Um, After that, uh, we've had uh, building plans, and we've talked with architects, and we've talked with building construction companies and so forth. Uh, It's been a long story, sometimes a very frustrating story, uh, But tonight we're here with uh, the latest revision of our Phase 1A plans, which is our family life, our worship life center. Um, These are the plans that uh, are are recommended to us. Uh, We are also recommending that we go with Parr Construction Company. They construct uh, churches. They've done so for many years. You can go on their website. You can also go on their Facebook page, and they have... Uh, reviews after reviews after reviews of churches they have done. We have uh, talked with three churches they built. We have visited one of the churches, which is South Metro Ministries. It's an Assemblies of God, a church of God or Assemblies of God? Church of God uh, a congregation on 34. Go to uh, Thomas Crossroads, turn left, go a couple of miles. They're on the right. South Metro Ministries had an architect and a construction company that had a plan. The plans came in. Uh, to cost more than they thought they were going to, and they were stymied. They ended up, uh, long story short, meeting the guys at PAR, including Steve Brown, uh, who is uh, here representing uh, PAR. They ended up scrapping their plans, going with PAR. PAR redrew their uh, plans, saved them $1.2 million over the initial uh, estimate and uh, ended up building three buildings for them. Um Harvest United Methodist Church, Warner Robbins, uh went with Parr from, from the get-go, never did have any other architects or uh builders and very pleased with them, would use them again. Bellevue Baptist Church in Macon, Georgia. Uh, taught with a pastor there who is now retired. When he went there, that church had been in a relocation program for 17 years. And they couldn't afford it and kept waiting and waiting and and it seemed like nothing was going to happen. Parr came along. They decided to scrap their plans. Their construction company went with Parr, ended up being in a building uh, within 18 months. And the pastor, I talked with him personally. He said, uh, not only would we use them again, but we are super pleased with uh, what they did for us. Um, Those are three examples of a slew of churches they have done. They looked at our plans and said that the building part of it they could do for uh, just shy of $95 a square foot. There are other uh, expenses that will need to go along with that. We've got about a quarter of a million dollars worth of site work to complete the site work out there. We have some uh, what are called soft costs, which are audio, visual, furnishings, uh, kitchen equipment, stuff of that sort uh, that uh, totals. And and this total has been cut from previous totals. So this is a, a... Although it won't sound like it, it's a bare bones uh, total. It's about $600,000, <coughs> six to $700,000. And uh, all, the, all the total, we're looking at $4 million to be out there in the building. Uh, Parr says they can get us out there and we can be worshiping in there one year from today. And so um, that's what we're here to talk about. Bill will take you through the plans and after Bill gets through the plans, uh, uh, Steve Brown, again, with Parr, I'll introduce him to you again, and, uh, and then we'll bring Frank up and we'll talk about the recommendation for financing. We'll take every question that anybody has here today, no matter how long it takes us to get through it tonight. Last week, we stopped it in an hour. Tonight, we will hear every question until there are no questions, okay? And we'll also try to answer some of the questions that some of you had uh, last week. So let me uh, turn the... Platform over to Bill. Also, when we get to the question time, RJ is going to be our Vanna White. We're recording this. We also have some senior adults and some middle adults like myself who can't hear. So please uh, allow RJ to get to you with the microphone so that we can hear all the questions and comments. Bill.
1: Okay, thank you. We can go with the slides. Go ahead and get those up. We can get started. All right, this is our first floor slide. Uh, I'm not going to spend a ton of time because y'all seen this two or three times. What we had considered was uh, doing this portion right here that did not include these classrooms. And I'm going to answer one of the questions I got an email on today. The question was, what can we do for less than, than 4 million and can we do something different? We were looking at uh, doing about, uh, let's see if, uh, it's probably about 8,000 square foot less, which would not have included this portion over here. So we could get something built. The problem with that is we would have had on Sundays and Wednesdays we had been using both facilities. And we got enough input back from people that they didn't want to do that. So what we did was add this portion up here, which uh, took care of the preschool, and then upstairs it takes care of adult Sunday school classes. Um, By doing that, uh, we're able to go uh, move everything down to that facility. Hey, Wes, come in. Uh, hey, we're a long ways from Atlanta. That's okay. Uh, had a guy bring my, job, my my son home from ball practice. They were up in East Point, which is closer to you, and he got to the house, and he said, Hi, in the world, did y'all ever find this place? He thought he'd gone to the end of the earth, so we understand. Uh, so, to answer that question, if we build a smaller footprint, we'd be using both facilities and that would be horrendous according to a lot of the people that come to church here. So, that's the reason we're building a $4 million. And that does, now $3, three million of it is the, is the building. Another question was, what if we just spent the money we have now, what would we have? You could have a building there, but it would not be finished on the inside and the site work including the paving and curbing, would not be done. And some of our soft costs, which includes audio, visual, and some of the furnishing in the kitchen, would not be done. So we'd have a building sitting there that we couldn't use if we just spent what we, do, what we have in the bank now. Uh, this particular configuration will change just a little bit. We're securing this whole wing uh, to protect our uh, children, the, the preschool. And we're making uh, a few changes in this area. If we'll go to the next next slide uh, this is the upstairs this is the youth area we'll be doing some changes here we will actually come out with more usable square footage by some changes here uh, we'll probably do another classroom here because we won't need that check-in counter all of these will be adult uh, classrooms uh, including these we can use the fellowship hall downstairs for three if we need it basically we got 21 classes meeting here now and we can accommodate 21 classes there without using the fellowship hall but if uh, one or two of our senior classes prefer being downstairs and that would be the the other option for using that and we got some room for growth Uh, I don't know that we need we'll go to the elevations real quick I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on those we've already looked at them Uh, Children's, the preschool area is on the first floor. That's the preschool. We've got, uh, they will be upstairs. Uh, we have got uh, five or six classes meeting now, and we've got five and six. Well, what age group would be upstairs? All of the kids downstairs. Okay, so all, all of our children through fifth grade will be downstairs. Okay, thank you, Renee. Uh, our elevations uh, it, it's hard to tell a lot from these pictures, I'll be frank, with you? Uh, if anybody has any questions on the appearance and all, go to that overhead view that it shows down into the building, please. That gives you a bit. Of, uh, 29 highway uh, is down here looking in that direction. What will be seen will be outside where the preschool actually is, and there will be uh, this is where the playground will be. Uh, you'll be seeing this uh, entrance, which is the entrance closest to uh, 29, and then this uh, down through here. This is the drive under, this is where the pavilion is, so that uh, I believe will include it. Uh, if we have questions later, we can pull these back up.
0: All right, thank you, Bill. I want to ask uh, uh, Steve Brown to come back up, and he's going to introduce uh, Wes Harden, who is the owner of Par uh, Construction. So you guys come up here,
2: and uh, uh, we'd love to hear from you here. Thank you, thank you, Pastor. Uh, it's an honor to be back uh, with you again this evening. I'm part of uh, Par Church Builders uh, because of my friend Wes Harden. Uh, we both pastor churches, and uh, both of them grew and had to relocate. Um, any business uh, is about relationships, and relationships really are uh, what we're about. We say that we're church builders, but we're, we're like everybody else that has a successful business. We're in the people business. And uh, Wes Harden is a person of great integrity. He's uh, very sharp when it comes to design and uh, also overseeing the construction part of it. Uh, but he realizes that um, you have to have quality people to help you. And so uh, he has a family member, his nephew, that's actually a co-owner with him. And uh, together they make an incredible team. So we're just honored to have the opportunity to meet with you and to share our uh, thoughts and ideas. And uh, I'll just introduce to you uh, Wes Hard.
3: I want to say it's great to be here. Sorry I am late. I was at Lake Oconee and they shut down Interstate 20 for some reason, building a bridge or something. And you don't want to be coming this way. Um, just let you know, go, go another way. I want to say um, a word of thanks to your building committee team and the pastor and everybody it is a lot of work that these men and women have put into this project so far um, to get it here and they've done a outstanding job the design that you have is the best that you can do with with the building with the property being usable and functional um, the price is the best price that you can get. For a facility like this, and it's a high-quality facility that's going to meet your needs. And it's never easy to transition from one location to another. The church I pastored, we did it three different times in ten years because we were growing so fast. And that's how I got into building, was building our buildings. And it's, it's difficult, you know, uh, especially for nonprofits because there's, you know, not a lot of profit in nonprofit. And that makes it hard to do. But y'all have done it so far successfully. And this next step, I believe, is uh, you'll see the the finality of all your work and seeing souls saved and people being able to learn more about Christ, being able to open up larger to the community and carry the heritage of this church to the next step you know what you're passing off to your children and grandchildren is a great blessing just like the people that came before you uh, that worked on this church building and so I want to just say thank you to them and thanks for everything that everybody's done any questions that you might have for me that I might get answer
4: You know, like this church here, our entrance to our sanctuary comes right into the sanctuary. We gotta up there we gotta take a trek to get to the sanctuary basketball court. Why is that? Um it's the way
3: the the layout of your um your entries are but it's also very feasible and because this is also an activity center. It uh, wasn't designed primarily just to be a sanctuary. In the next phase, I believe, you will have a bigger, another sanctuary building. This is a multi-purpose facility to get you there, and it makes it more functional for your classrooms and your children at this, at this point. And your fellowship hall for your kitchen.
4: And I don't know if you can answer this or not. We have a daughter up in Maryland that uh, has a church, and they're live on the internet for those sit-ins that cannot attend church view the service over the internet
3: can we be able to do that with this new building you you can i mean that that's uh that's available to you in any facility but definitely in this facility and you know you're going to have a great platform great view sight lines everything are in line with your um, where your platform is going to be at so with your new audio visual system being placed in i'm sure you'll have a Easy access to that would reach internet. a
4: lot of our shut ins and our people who cannot make it to church.
3: That's right. And people that are traveling out of town, uh, it's a great way to reach to them still.
5: Are you have windows over there? No
3: windows over there. Uh by the sanctuary?
5: No, with the basket that one's wall there is just gonna be a wall.
3: It's just gonna be a wall, yes ma'am. And you'll have sound panels on it uh, so that your sound is better, but I, I don't think you want windows in there right. uh because of basketballs people play in, uh, sporting events, it'd just be it would be dangerous. Stage backs up to that wall. Mm-hmm. And in in your next phase, you know, what we try to do now is control natural light. A lot of what well everybody is moving more to audio-visual type worship services so that you can accommodate uh, online worship. You can record the services. You can have more theatrical plays like I see you have built out your stage now. And you got to be able to control the natural light to be able to use those lightings and sound system that you have. And you can see from these windows, it, 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 you, you can't do it. So if you have a... We don't put... Of the 70 churches we built in the last five years... I don't think any of them had lights in the sanctuary, and um, I mean had a windows into the sanctuary. And the ones that I've been in that have windows in the sanctuary, then they have expensive drapery covering up to try to close the the light out from there. How about some somebody else? Yes, sir. When we get this new church built and when we have new people coming in and they ask to be baptized, where will we have them being baptized? Um, I think you all have chosen to do a portable baptistry, is that correct?
0: Probably will at first, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's a
6: good question. <laughs> is there an elevator? Yes,
0: there is. Yes, sir. I'll show them that.
1: Oh, I can show you right here. The elevator's is uh, right at this front entrance right here. The elevators in this hallway here, it's right located right here. They yeah. will not only service this building, but when we do the other additional buildings, it will be located to use building
0: what Bill was saying is the elevator's in this front corner. And it would serve not only this building but the future building that would connect with it. So, yes. Any other questions for for uh, Wes Harden, Mr. Crespo.
3: Yes, hi. Um, it's been my experience, and now I don't do $4 million projects, but when I do a project around the house and I'll write down my estimated costs, oftentimes I run over when I build something. Mm-hmm. Uh, How or what are we prepared to do in a situation like that? Well, what you have, and, you know, all we do is churches, and we do about $12 million a year in church buildings currently. So we're about $1 million a month of buying and selling um, materials and contracting labor is what our company does. And um, so we know cost. We know cost now. We know cost in in advance. There are some things that you really just can't put a number on, you know, like if it rains a few days and it carries over our costs, if there's increases here and there. So what we've done to uh, help churches be at a better place is we give a not-to-exceed contract price. So the price that you agree with par on is the price. And if we go late, you know, it costs us. If we didn't get the right price on something it cost us we don't come back to the church and say hey you know i messed up i need six more sheets of sheetrock or something different in the prices the price that you get from us is is the bottom line price and we just absorb any uh mistakes made on on our part but hopefully that won't be the
4: case
0: <laughs> other questions for west mr hull
4: Is there anything in place that we can tr- control the change order process to where the, to, all these change orders won't go into effect without some kind of approval that we don't run in our cost of our runs?
3: Yes. Um, you, the best thing about your building and about your building team that I've seen is they have already spent so much time on the design part of it and the cost part of it that I don't anticipate change orders. And it's not... Um, uncommon for us to do a job and not have a change order um, because everything's already been accounted for and in place. If there is an area that you decide, hey, we want to change this up, we want stage a little bigger, or we've decided we want sound booth a little different, then we only charge cost plus 10% as an oversight fee of that. And none of those take place without assigned Form of what the cost is from your representative the authorized representative of the church and our authorized representative and those are turned in generally speaking we also lose money on change orders because if it's a change order of say $2,000 and it takes a week and I have, a, have to have somebody there supervising and overseeing the work and we only get $200 bucks, i am losing money every day too so, we don't like to have change orders. We don't uh, make money off change orders. And we try to eliminate as much of that as possible in the design portion of it. And I, I don't even see where you would have a change order. Uh, everything that you've already decided that you want and need has been put into the plan. Does that sound about right, Give, guys? Okay. Yep.
0: Other questions for Wes? All right. We, if you come up with something, thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you You being here, Wes. All right. Uh, If you come up with a question before we leave here tonight, we can still uh, handle that. I want to bring up Frank Lambert, who's our budget finance chair. Uh, This building, uh, all total, we're looking at four million dollars. That includes uh, the building itself, uh, the site work, the uh, soft costs, and so forth. We have $2.3 million in the bank. That means we have $1.7 million shortfall. And uh, Frank is going to explain to us uh, where to go from there.
7: Well, first, let me thank you for your prayers. Uh, I don't remember much about last Sunday. (laughs) But I was able to listen to it this week. So uh, thank you, Bruce. Uh, It was excellent. And thank you for passing the microphone around. I do bring, bring you greetings from our brothers and sisters in Gale-Chambon, in Haiti, and uh, we look forward to uh, a time where we can share what God's doing there. Yeah. Uh, but in listening to the, uh, the conversation and questions uh, last Sunday night, my heart was warmed of the spirit that was here. Uh, as we've met with the uh, finance committee and, and looking forward, trying to, uh, to share and to, uh, to see what God has in store for us uh, one of the things that we did at the first of the year, if you remember, uh, we did have some financial opportunities last year. We were running in the red, and uh, the, the church did approve a budget in January, and uh, we have been beating that budget for the first four months. Uh, hopefully, we'll get May done here shortly, and uh, like April was 110% of budget, and that's about what it was running through the through the first four months, and we were ended with a a surplus of $26,000. So the good news, our operating budget and so forth is uh, meeting our needs, and the giving is certainly uh, more than those requirements. But as uh, we think about the recommendation to go into a loan, That's something I haven't done as a member of this church. I haven't done it as a member of any church. So it is somewhat scary. So we don't approach this lightly. But if we look at the giving history of our church, uh, the fact that we have already raised substantial funds for the capital campaign, we currently have a balance of 2.3 sitting in CDs in the bank ready to move forward. The motion to approve A loan of up to $1.5 million makes sense to me. Uh, We will need to uh, restart our fundraising in earnest. We have a lot of people in this church that are members now that weren't members when we started our capital campaign. We need to include all of them. We need for this to be your project. This is really God's project, and He's got all the money in the world. But as we look at uh, the last four years, Going back to 2011, just the funds that were given over and above the budget to the building fund, I think 2011 was like uh, $15,500 per month average during 2011. Y'all remember 2011, right? It wasn't too good a year for for a lot of them. 2012, I think it had dropped down to $14,500. And then uh, I'm thinking a lot of people maybe finally paid their pledges off. 2013 I think it dropped to like 5500 but this church has the ability to meet the debt service of a million and a half dollar loan with no question about it and that shouldn't be a 20-year loan the uh, as uh, we've been checking into uh, I guess the options uh, five years is uh, pretty standard for a church loan like this with a balloon that can be refinanced uh, up to 20 years. Uh, There's indication we could extend that, maybe get a seven-year loan, which if, you know, there's no reason why we can't pay off this loan within seven years. Uh, I know there were some questions about interest rates. Uh, We don't have uh, uh, an an app on our phone that tells us what the interest rate's going to be in five or seven years when the balloon comes due. Hopefully, we don't have to worry about that. Hopefully, it's paid off. But we did go back and... uh, uh, I the interest rate we have in the in the motion, I think, is 5.5%. It will be less than that. Uh, we went back 20 years. As far as a 30-year residential, I think it was 9% was the, the top interest rate that we saw. So who, who's guessing? I, I can't guess. I would much rather have a guaranteed interest rate for the life of the 20 years, but those aren't available. So I think we need to get over that and to trust God that uh, he will provide the means to to pay this off so as we look forward we do have a recommendation from the finance committee to to move forward with us we had a a good discussion about it and and like say uh, this is something i've never done but i know moving forward that this is the right thing to do for palmetto baptist church
5: Mm.
7: and not not just for me and my family but for this church Uh, Karen and I moved here in 1976 into this church. The church I left down the street is still withering and dying. And I don't want this church to be that. I want it to be uh, fresh and anew and reaching our community for Christ. So the motion from the Finance uh, Committee, uh, negotiate a loan of up to $1.5 million. And uh, once again, 20 years Monthly payments of less than $13,000. Just the debt service on it, what, $10,000-something a month? $10,350. 10350 just the debt service. So the additional funds would be paying down the principal. And uh, once again, every five years. So we are going to be asking for an 80% vote from the church, as with our other relocation decisions. So any, any uh, questions that you might have for the finance committee?
8: when would you be taking the loan out I mean you're not taking it out the day after we take the vote no we will
7: be soliciting uh, offers to try to find the best deal Uh, we do need to lock up the financing I believe to make sure we have the funds in place before we authorize uh, uh, the contract to go forward I think that would only be prudent. Even though we have $2.3 million sitting here, we could start, but uh, I think we have to be assured that the financing is available. That's just me being conservative. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there's a long, drawn-out process.
0: Susan?
6: Um, I've never been part of a capital campaign fund raising before, so could you just explain that process, how that works and what... The member does in that, please.
7: Right. What we have done in the past, we've enlisted the services of Generis to help us with the two campaigns that, that we've run. They provided a consultant. Uh, we have a campaign team that the church appoints to work with us. And uh, they organize and uh, develop the outreach plan, the communication plan to involve all of our church family in the giving at whatever level that they're God blesses them to do. Uh, that's what we've done in the past. Uh, certainly, as we take this decision to move forward, we do need to raise the 1.5 million dollars to finish this project. Uh, I don't want to underestimate that fact, but I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not afraid of all to go forward with a loan to get us started, and then to uh, to begin that capital fundraising pain to to pay off that loan, so we can start talking about phase two. Yes,
0: ma'am.
6: So the the member's responsibility is to prayerfully consider their commitment before the Lord, and then you make your pledge based on
7: Yes, we would look at the time frame uh, Uh of, typically it's been a three-year campaign. Yeah. That's...
0: Yeah, normally they're three-year campaigns. Uh, Alan Wiles, who is our consultant for both of our capital campaigns, tells me that they also do some two-year campaigns, so they could be two or three. We're looking at a three-year campaign. At the beginning of that campaign, uh, actually s- for the six-month period before the campaign officially starts, uh, we give a lot of information out to our church. We have uh, uh, small group meetings with the church, and during that time, families pray about, what they think they can afford to give over and above their tithes and offerings for a three-year period, and and they will make that commitment. Now, that commitment is between our church members and the Lord. We don't, uh, although we we register the the total amount so that we can have something to plan with. Uh, we don't uh, set up an account whereby. We send bills out to the church family or we send tax collectors or collection. None of that happens at all. Uh, In fact, uh, if if if, uh, let's say uh, Charlie Laster right there in front of you, let's say that Charlie made a made a commitment to give three million dollars to our campaign, which I fully expect that Charlie will. Uh, uh, Outside outside of our financial secretary, who is Miss Sherry Carter, uh, nobody would know besides uh, Charlie and Sherry and the Lord, who did that. And we would never, let's say if she committed $3 million, and at the end of uh, the three year, let's say at the end of the two and a half mark of that, she's only given 1,000 of it. We're not going to talk with Charles about uh, what she hasn't given. It's between us and the Lord. The first campaign we had was from '05 to '08. We raised just over $2.5 million. Second campaign started in '08. We finished it in uh, 2011, we started it in the recession, we ended it in the recession, Uh, we raised $750,000. If we raised that amount again, which I think we would raise more than that, uh, but even if we raised just that amount, that would make monthly payments on the 1.5 loan for six years. Um, What I fully expect is that not only will we make the payments, but we'll have enough to pay the principal down to the point where within uh, six years tops, uh, three years at least, we will pay this thing off and there will be no debt. Um, So, uh, as Frank said, the monthly payment on uh, $1.5 million at 5.5% is $10,350. Uh, he mentioned the monthly payments going back to January 11. Uh, if you take those January 11 all the way to now, all the way to April of 2014, and you average those out, the average monthly amount that we took in, even though we weren't in a campaign, was $11,092, which would already, on average, make the payment. So, um, The Lord's going to do this through us. Uh, Ms. Carolyn. Ms. Carolyn Johnson.
9: Could we not not do this without paying somebody to tell us how?
7: For the uh, campaign? Yes, ma'am, we could. We could make that decision. That's not something we're bringing to you tonight to hire the services of a consultant. That's just what we've done in the past. So it's certainly open for discussion.
0: One of the things we will have to do, remember, we have 2.3 in the bank, it's going to cost $4 million. That's $1.7. The, the, if the church approves this recommendation, it only approves a loan of up to $1.5. That means there's an extra $200,000 there. We've got to raise at least that over the course of the next six to nine months. And, and uh, what we are hoping to do is have a short term, six to nine month campaign that we do ourselves, not get a consultant, and raise a half million dollars. To get us within the 1.5 financing uh, uh, parameter. But once we do that, uh, to raise even larger money, amounts of money than a half million, three, 300,000 to a half million, uh, history is you almost always need a professional consultant. Uh, you will, on average, if you use a consultant who knows what he's doing, Um, the church will raise two to three times their budget over a three-year period, over and above budget from what they would if they tried to do it themselves. In other words, if you try to do it yourself, ourselves, we reach one amount that normally equals one-time budget. If you use a consultant, uh, it it ends up being between two and three times budget that you raise. That certainly, uh, we raised uh, uh, over four times budget in our first campaign. We did, we did end up raising uh, about one and a quarter times budget in the uh, second campaign, but it was in the middle of the recession. Uh, second campaigns usually don't do as well as first campaigns, especially if you don't have anything going up on the property. So there were a lot of reasons why that was $750,000. Uh, most of us, myself included, were quite thrilled that we raised $750,000 in the middle of that second campaign because it could have been a whole lot less chris gould up here
7: one of the questions i'll answer while the mic coming the the question last week about collateral this building will not be placed in collateral for the loan they will the the property for the new site will secure that payment for the for the loan so this church is still ours free and clear
6: rough figures if we raise three quarters of a million dollars and we sold this facility for three quarters of a million dollars we would be basically able to do that debt free am i in the ballpark of saying something that's kind of close to right I mean, I know that wasn't exact. Those figures aren't exact, but if this property sold for a reasonable price, and we were able to raise the same seven or we raised in the second campaign, wouldn't we? We'd be real close to being paying for it in cash. Am I?
0: With, if we didn't do anything else out there, right. It'd be it'd be close, within a couple of hundred yeah. thousand dollars.
1: Well, there are a few more issues there. There are several. As part of our ministry, we can't move down there, including. Uh, our offices, and that's, that's a biggie. Uh, our anticipation, I think I can speak for the committee, is if we sell this building, then we're going to immediately need to build something else on the property. And we've got three real good options there, depending on what we get out of here. So your scenario's fine, except it leaves out you having an office. Uh, <laughs> tents are good without without pay you'll stay (laughs) (laughs) or trailers oh no there there there's we got a lot of options we can do if we sell this building because this this will accommodate our sunday activities and our wednesday activities except for the food pantry okay but there are some activities there are some need for more square footage down there including offices more storage uh and to accommodate some other things so we need to when we sell this we need to do something on the property and at what level we sell here determines what we can do, and we've got several options to do that. So I think we're in good shape. Uh, but unless you want to stay home, we... Yeah. A little more information on, uh, like I say,
7: this is for what, 5.5. I'm sure that whatever we start with, it'll be less than that. But, you know, in five to seven years when it does have to be renegotiated, just to bracket things, 7%, uh, the interest uh, on that debt would be 11800 per month. And then you know, if it went all the way to 9%, which who who figures that? 13,186. So those are numbers that are out there that uh, they're not, uh, I don't think, reasonable. But uh, if you want to look at worst-case scenarios, if that helps.
0: That was an answer to Stephen's question. Stephen's question from last question week. From that last makes week. sense, Stephen? Ken
4: Hall. I know I've already asked the builder this question. I'm asking you this question. Is there any things in the plan to do this on an internet service for our shut-ins and people who can't make it to church. The service is through the internet, so they can view it, their services.
0: Provide sure. services through the internet? Live? you talking live, about live?
4: Yeah. A
0: we could. We, we offer them now, of course, uh, through our podcast and through our through online, on audio, not video. But it's possible. It would cost some money. That kind of video equipment is expensive. I mean, you couldn't do it with your, uh, with your iPhone or your uh, Android the quality is just not good enough, but if, with the right camera equipment, the answer is yes, we could do that, and it would be live for our shut-ins. Yes, sir. That's not included in this stuff, though. Uh, it would cost more, but it's possible to do it. Mm-hmm. That's Peter Hames back there.
7: Peter. Have you figured out a uh, total debt-income ratio for the uh, two buildings? Debt-to-income ratio for the loan. No, for total expenditures. No. I mean, we have, like I say, for this, the service debt on that loan is uh, $10,000 for the interest. So we're, we're saying not to exceed 13000 which would have the uh, principal repayment as much as we could. Uh, but the intent is with a, the with a campaign to actually raise the funds and to pay that down. So that's over and above the operating budget, and we're not planning to address that in the operating budget. I heard the the questions about expenses in the operating budget. Uh, We're not going to be able to totally shut this building down. We'll have to maintain the office suite and then open up for the food pantry. But uh, for all intents and purposes, we're going to shut down the major expenses in this building with the large HVAC systems and try to contain it just to that office wing. So we want to try to minimize the expenses here.
0: Other questions for Frank? Mm. All right, I want to ask uh, Frank to stay up here and uh, for Wes to stand up here with us. I appreciate you and Steve both coming out here today again um, with us, Wes, and Bill to stand up. and um, so. You know, this is the time if you have any questions, this is the time to ask them. If you have any concerns, this is the time to voice them. Uh, You know, we're here to hear what you have to say, whether it's for the project, against the project, doesn't matter. We're here as a church family, and we want to give you that opportunity to do that tonight so that everybody will be well informed uh, before we go to the June 22nd meeting. Um, were there any other, did you want to address any of those other questions that we've got in email? Go ahead and them. Why don't we do that? We uh, received some uh, other questions via email, and I appreciate those. And uh, let us go ahead and run through those answers, and then we'll see if anybody else has a question.
1: All right, last week Sue Ellen asked me a question. I didn't completely understand it, so I called her, and the question basically she asked me over the phone was, what if we get started on the building and then we don't get the loan well we're not going to start the building until we get the loan approved so it's in place Um, one of the questions uh, and i appreciate all the questions i've got some in writing and some by email and they're all good questions Uh, the difference between the noticeable differences it reads here between the the funds that were given and the funds what we've got in the bank now at 2.3 well the the if we if we take the and we added up all of the checks we've written out of that fund, which would be right at 1.7 million, we take that and put it onto the 2.3 we've got. That's four million. Well, there hadn't been four million given, so we've actually done pretty good to spend money that wasn't given. The key to that is we have a treasurer that likes CDs, and she got some good interest rates on some CDs. So that's the reason we've actually got more money in the bank than what we received added to what we have spent. And that's where the difference is. I've got a breakdown. Uh, I've got somewhat of a breakdown if anybody has any pertinent questions. The big expense, of course, was the site. We spent over 200000 on architectural and the different phases. And you all remember when we got started, the architect came down, and we had a lot of uh, sessions about what our needs were in particulars. Uh, We have civil engineering fees. We've got other fees, and I'll be glad to share those with anybody that would like to take a look at them. Uh, One of the questions, too, has to deal with who's going to oversee this uh, on behalf of the church. That has not been determined yet. Uh, We actually interviewed someone a few years ago when we were talking about the other building project, and uh, he was a pastor also that had handled the building of his church, and he realized that churches need all churches don't have the expertise within the church and he actually does that for a living we actually probably have the expertise in this church to do it and that would be preferable but there does need to be oversight not that we don't trust our new contractor but there needs to be an oversight in someone between the church uh and the contractor to to help with that uh as far as value engineering was part of the question too and our first uh, phase one, we actually did, that will come after the architect does all the documents. Then you take a look at it, you sit down with the contractor and the committee and anyone else, the committee wants to draw in with some expertise. On our last one, we came out with about a million dollars of possible value uh, eliminations there. We actually, we turned out having, uh, and I did the end of that sheet I don't see it, but anyway, uh, we actually had yeses on eliminating uh, right out of $150,000, and we had maybes on about another 50. So value engineering is important. I don't, and Wes mentioned this a while ago, because what we have already gone through, we've already valued engineered a lot of it. So I don't anticipate a lot of that. We may even get into a situation where we want to upgrade, and that would uh, that's another possibility, too. So value engineering is, is, is important, and actually when we get down to the point uh, after we get started with our construction and look at our soft costs, we may actually do a similar thing with our value engineering there. There's some things that we have budgeted that we don't have to have, we would like to have, so we are actually in a pretty good situation there if we come up a little short or if we make a, a, a decision that we want to don't want to borrow quite that much money. We've got some areas where... For instance, we've got 81,000 budgeted for the kitchen. We can actually move into that kitchen and that facility will probably less than 50 and it'd be fully operational and better than what we got. So there are some things we can do when we get down to it, and uh, I feel real good about those. Um, one of the other, uh, one of the emails I've got today, uh dealing with the budget costs that we ran into previously uh can we see option for overhaul of the project I think I really answered that a while ago if we do less than the four million much less then we won't be able to move the whole facility uh whole operation down there so I think I've already answered that uh we had another series of questions that were technical par uh answered those for us and you know, uh Doyle I appreciate those they were important uh, I'm not going through all of those, but I'd be glad to share them with anybody that that wants to. They were lengthy, and uh, actually, some of them were so technical, I'm not sure I understood them. But uh, anyway, I appreciate all the questions. All
3: right. Anyone
0: have uh, have any questions for any of these? Gentlemen, Mr. RJ's got the uh, microphone, so we'll go with Sherry Blanchard
1: first there.
10: How many people will the... Gymnasium hold
1: for worship service it will hold uh, seven hundred and fifty. We have uh, sixty nine in the choir. Uh, Chris would love a sixty nine member choir. Uh, we also the way we design the fellowship hall, we actually can expand in there and have good line sight uh, to the platform. It'll be a little bit of distance, but it would work. Our uh, present uh, the the first one I think was uh, nine hundred, but now we are uh, over seven hundred. I said seven fifty, right at uh, seven, just over seven hundred.
10: Okay, well, we still continue to have two worship services. Yes,
1: we will. Okay,
0: Doyle, did you have your hand up? Doyle Steele.
10: This
6: is for Wes. Uh, Wes, other congregations you've worked with have uh, have they required a payment performance bond?
3: Um, of all the churches that we've done in the past we've only had one performance bond because and it wasn't because of us it was because of the congregation um unfortunately it was it's, it's how it played out for them they're a minority congregation and the bank they were using it was the largest loan in their portfolio so they required them to do it we have a great track record with a lot of banking systems, uh, BB&T, SunTrust, and when um, they look at our top contract, they don't require the church to have a performance bond. To me, it's a um, in a situation for a church. It's just really giving your money away for nothing because we don't charge for work that hasn't been performed. So you're never in a liable situation. If we stop working, you, you're 30 days. Well, you know, we, we charge at the end of the month, so we've already performed 30 days' worth of work, and we don't receive money that we haven't performed work for. that makes sense. Um, usually a performance bond is going to be about 2 to 3% of the project. Uh, if you're looking at, at this project, you could easily spend $50,000 or more for a performance bond and I just don't see where that's a, a good thing for a church. So none of the churches, to make a long answer short, none of the churches but one had to ha- had to have a performance bond, All
0: right? Bets, that's Betsy Hames right there.
5: Hey, thank you. Um, just a, a question, more of a practical matter, and then just a statement, if I might. You had mentioned this morning in church and, and this evening, uh, Jimmy, about there'd be a vote, and it would be an eighty percent vote. For us to be able to move forward with um, uh, with this building project, who is part of that voting? Is there an age restriction, sixteen and up, eighteen or up, or how do you decide who is part of that
9: group?
0: That's a that is a great question. Uh, in this church, as is the case when, in too many Baptist churches, I, in my opinion, um, there's no age uh, minimum age bracket on that. If you are a member of the church, you ha- you're eligible for a vote. Um, uh, that's that's the way it is in our constitution bylaws. Any change to that would require a change to the constitution, which would require a three month period anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's no there's no minimum age bracket. If you're a member, officially a member of this church, you have a
11: vote.
5: Okay. And then just sort of a statement. I do have concerns about a church this size going into debt one point five million dollars. That's a, a lot of money. And I wonder if, timing-wise, if we went through a campaign and then built to what we had, we could, we could attempt to do this debt-free. And that's more of a statement, I guess, versus a question. One of the things, and Pete and I, as many of you know, are fairly new members at this church, and we feel like we were led here because the Lord led us here. And it wasn't the building. It was the people in the building. Yeah. that got us to join and yeah. make us feel so at home here yeah. and that's just a statement
0: thank you thank you Betts appreciate it uh, uh, we got a statement up here yeah. you got such a meek and lowly voice Bets. you're going to have to quit sounding so much like the Lord <laughs> who's, who's got it over here Judy Baird here we go <laughs>
10: I I just want to know if there's extra expense by making the basketball court rather than just having a plain uh, I'd rather than have a plain auditorium. Basketball is not requirement in a Baptist church, and we got plenty of opportunities down there for upward activities that we don't really have to. I I don't quite see why we have to include a gym. I can see having a gym later someplace else on the property or something. If there's more money, if it's not costing more money to do a basketball court, it's fine with me. But I I think we need the auditorium space for church worship, and we don't need, it's not a necessity to have a basketball court. So are we spending more money on that area because it's basketball, or would it be the same regardless?
1: The, the price for a sanctuary uh, would probably, and I'll let Wes validate this, would probably be a, a sanctuary like we want to build a, in the future would probably be another 20 or $30 a square foot for sanctuary space at least. Uh, doing the basketball court in that, yes, we are going in with a floor that will accommodate the abuse, uh, but is also, that more
10: expensive than that a regular floor, kind of
1: floor? That floor, just the floor is, but the, but the gymnasium as a whole in the worship center per square footage is less than a formal uh, sanctuary. So
10: Right. I didn't mean it had to be a formal sanctuary. I just mean if we just have the
1: the chairs, only, whatever, only, whatever
10: you'd have, carpet, okay, the whatever. Only added,
1: if we did that building without basketball, the, we might could save uh, $20,000 or $25,000 on the floor. But outside of that, I don't see any savings, and you'd still, have a, you'd still have a gymnasium there. You just wouldn't have a floor that we'd want to use for a gymnasium, if that answers your question.
10: Right. I'm not, I'm not against a gymnasium, yep. but I don't want to put a bunch of money into it because nothing says we'll do an upward program again. So, and if the future we have so many people and we can build a separate youth Jim Yeah, I hear facility. exactly what
1: you say and we've considered that. Actually the square footage price, I don't know if you're gonna come out any cheaper than what we're building, except maybe for the floor and the savings not going to be that much, I don't think.
3: Okay. Also I'd like to say, you can go ahead with this gentleman's question. Um, something that the church needs to keep in mind, and I know I'm probably not the right person to say this because I'm the contractor, but as most of you know the economy is moving fast. Um, work is taking place everywhere uh, a lot of construction projects that have been on hold for two or three years are moving as quickly as they can property values are going up high in atlanta around the buckhead area midtown area construction is going we had our best year last year this year we're already um, at another record year and expanding more. Every day we have calls from churches during the week that are building. And so what that's happening is construction prices are increasing. Um, it, we get increases all the time finding labor is difficult now in the construction business so many people went out of business uh during that time that now we're at at the extreme shortage of workers and materials so we're seeing increases and increases and if you hold back um, on anything, you're going to pay extra for it later. In fact, a lot of our churches, you know, we're, we've been working with them for a couple of years and we're going to have to increase the cost that we told them. We've just been holding back as much as we can, but our costs are increasing. And so there's, I don't know of any area in your building and we've looked over it and looked over it and your team's looked over it and looked over it every way. I don't see there's anything that you could cut out of that building that would be a cost savings in the long run next year or the next year when you get ready to, to purchase it it's going to cost you dramatically more and you didn't have the use of it during that time also this is
6: all right uh mr richard grace mine's kind of a two-part question uh concerning the mechanics of worshiping in the gym are we going to, have to put out chairs weekly and take them up weekly to do that yes all right uh, let me
1: can I amend that yeah go ahead there will be weeks where we won't because we won't be using the gym for for anything else so there will be there will be periods of time where they won't be tear down and put up okay well suppose but there then, there will be other times when yes it'll be weak
6: in that picture right there there were an active upward basketball game going on or something where do the spectators sit?
1: we will have we'll be able to accommodate probably close to hundred up on the platform we will have risers there for the choir and you also will have some good good viewing uh a couple of rows two or three rows actually from the fellowship hall uh, I've been in three different other upwards that didn't have anywhere close to this capacity including down in heatherwood uh Athens and one other and I forget where it was and they we we can accommodate uh, way above the average uh, facility that's, that's taken upward. No, it's not like Palmetto Elementary. That's a dream come true. With, it, it was built as a as a, a high school gym, and it's huge. We cannot. Uh, no, we don't have that capacity, but we got the capacity more than the uh, the three different upwards that I have visited.
6: Well, the upward programs we've had before, we filled up the Palmetto Elementary gym. The the, the seats, spectator seats, were basically full uh if we attract that same group of people down there we won't have a place to put them in
1: in the beginning in the beginning you were exactly right i don't think in the last three or four years it was quite that full one reason being that there were a lot of upward programs started around in the area uh correct me if i'm wrong virginia the last two or three years what we we didn't have that we didn't have capacity to do it But as far as the upward, but as far as the upward capacity seating, uh, the last two or three years, it was not like it was in the beginning, right? The we
0: still fart. had good crowds,
1: uh, but it wasn't the capacity that we had. Okay.
0: There is one option. To, there is one option that was brought up, uh, which is we could do our practices at our gym that we build and still do the games at Palmetto on Saturday. Uh, the rent would be less because we wouldn't be renting the Tuesday and Thursday nights for the ga- for the practices, and then we'd still still have the bleachers for the games. That's a possibility. It's not been decided.
6: Okay. One more question. <clears throat> if we're putting out three or 400 chairs every Sunday, where are we storing these chairs there's during
1: two the basketball game? Yeah, there's two storage rooms on either side of the platform, and there will be dollies.
6: That's on this wall.
1: Uh, I can show you from right here. That's a storage room, and that's a storage room. Okay. They they would be going in there with dollars. Okay. Uh,
0: Nolan Crawford had a comment. or
8: Just a question. You said it was about
2: $95 per square foot is what you're saying. The front wall where you showed those two storage areas, how much would it cost to slide that wall forward enough to put a set of bleachers there?
3: That you'd have to add more square footage to the building, and um, so it, at ninety five dollars per foot added to it, um, you know you, you're probably adding maybe two thousand square feet more. So you may be adding two hundred thousand dollars. Just off the top of my head is what what I would envision. Um, that might not be usable, good usable space. In the future, when you transition out of this building and into a um, another worship center, then you would have the flip-flop. You would have more space for, for around it than you would need for the basketball court, is my opinion on it.
1: The problem with sliding that ass, too, that is where our platform is at, so... The bleachers would probably have to go on the far end, which would just accommodate one court. But where we did have the bleachers is now where we have the platform. So I'm not sure how we would fit in bleachers there. So a uh, great idea and we'd love to have them. But
0: some of our people whose kids were in Upward, have been in our Upward program last this past year since we didn't have Upward, they still had their kids in Upward like at, uh, I know that uh, the James family had their girls in Sunrise, we had some others who were at uh, Heatherwood and neither of those have bleachers and yet um, as each game would come through, people would know that there was a limited amount of, of uh, space and people for each game who had kids or grandkids out there playing, they w- they would either stand or sit around the edge of the uh, court. And you know, I was talking with and I don't think he's here tonight. He was here last week. Uh, and they were sold on it, even though they had not been prior to having their girls in upward at, at uh, sunrise.
4: Yeah, well, and that's not been misinformed. Yes. I think Northside is building a big building for upward basketball as well as soccer. So I think they'll be using that facility as far as upward basketball is concerned.
0: Yeah, I know they're doing something out there. I didn't know what it was. Uh, someone told me they were spending uh, uh, something like eighty to a hundred thousand on their softball and soccer fields, but uh, that's all I know. Yes, Heather Hughes.
12: I haven't been a member of this church for a very long time, but if you have three hundred people coming on an average Sunday for both services in this new building, you have a capacity for seven hundred and fifty. Do you need the three? The body of three hundred. To move down the street to be in the new family life center to support a new sanctuary, or do you need 750 people to support a sanctuary building, a separate building? Do you know what I'm saying? This is phase one. Mm-hmm. Do we need to double the congregation to get to phase two?
0: I don't know the answer to that question. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Chris Beatty, do you have your hand up, Chris? <laughs>
13: I'm in trouble because I promised Elaine I wouldn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so you go, because when you're talking about Northside down there. All right, I'm going to throw it our gym. We didn't even have Upward last year. Nobody wanted to handle it. Nobody wanted to do it. Why are we worried about Upward? $25,000 for something we don't have. Anyway, that's just my opinion. What Northside is doing down there, for those of you who know, Northside just built a brand-new building behind their building for all their offices, paid cash for it. Northside, which has half the members that we have, pay cash for it. The reason why they tore that softball field down, they had, up, they had upward flag football just now, which they had about 80 kids. They tore that field down because they have over 500 children have signed up for upward soccer. So they, what they're doing right now is laser jetting that field to build soccer fields so that they can have upward soccer by the time fall comes. They're paying cash for that. We've got a soccer field down there. We're talking about trying to do upper basketball who nobody wanted to do. We didn't have it, even though we had a gym to have it in if we wanted. We've got a field down there with a softball field, a football field, a baseball field. If we wanted to have upward sports, if somebody wanted to run it, the availability is there to have it done. To me, $25,000 wouldn't cover it. Would would you know? We could put lights on those fields, which would be closer to 100 grand. But anyway... I don't see the $25,000 going into a gym here where we're going to have fold-up chairs on and off, in and out, stuff like that, when, first of all, we don't have the program right now. As they said, there's an awful lot of them that have been built. There may be somebody who wants to do it. I don't know. But the thing to me is we've got facilities there that we could use for soccer, softball, baseball, whatever.
0: All right. Thanks, Chris. We have Nolan Crawford with his hand up here.
2: Actually, to make a slight correction, we do have Upward. The gym is already uh, scheduled for this coming Upward season. Um,
8: We've had many, many questions about when it's going to start, and the initial is going to start in October for the evaluations, November for practices, January for the games.
0: All right. Thank you, Nolan.
1: And we need some new referees. Some of them are getting old. (laughs)
0: Any other questions for any of these guys with regard to the relocation, the financing, anything? Any questions? Any comments? We have Billy Joyner who asked me to provide a microphone for everybody and she started talking without the microphone. Girl!
6: Forgive me. (laughs) You're forgiven. Uh, With my hearing, you may have already discussed this, but what is going to happen to the youth building? Can we rent that out?
0: To the youth building, the one over here. Uh, we're trying to sell it. Outside of that, we haven't, we haven't talked about anything. We're, o- we're open to renting it. The main thing we'd like to do is sell the whole facility. Either way. I mean, it's all together right now. Other questions? Michelle McDaniel.
12: Um, This may have already been discussed prior to us coming, but I didn't know if um, what the financial um, cost would be to put the offices over at the new facility. So what's the cost difference, I guess, is my question, to put the offices over there?
1: Bill (laughs) Crill. You actually wouldn't be a lot of cost. You could go in there with office petitions. Jimmy and the rest of them probably don't like it. We could do that fairly inexpensive. That building has a lot of other possibilities too. We've talked about food pantry. We've also talked about our Spanish ministry. Uh, but that is that is a, a, another possibility. That gives instead of having two possibilities, now we've got three plus selling the whole thing. So that that is something. that is doable uh, if we went in and really made offices like we've got now with walls. Uh, it's basically petitions, uh, walls, and doors. You do have a high ceiling in there, so you're probably going to want to do drop ceiling. So you could uh, easily spend uh, $40,000 or $50,000 in there, or you could do it uh, with labor here in the church, maybe cheaper than that. If our builders here want to comment on that, we're talking about uh, six or seven offices.
12: Wait, I think you misunderstood. I meant to put it on the new property the offices on the new property oh, I what's the cost talked about
1: the youth building i'm sorry
12: i'm sorry because that's what they're doing.
1: okay when we sell this building we've got three options i'll, I'll, I'll actually got four I'll, I'll give them to you real quickly if we didn't have much money we actually could pull in some office trailers down there to accommodate it but we still be short some storage the next cheapest thing to do is, is do the building in the back that we were going to park the bus and vans under which was storage We can do that several different sizes. We designed an 8,000 square foot on two levels. We could actually do less. With 8,000, we could do a ton of stuff there. That would be the next cheapest. The next thing would be to do the administration building, which is about 12,000 square foot. The next thing, which would be more desirable, would be to do the the preschool and children's building. That would would add another, uh, counting the connecting buildings and all, another 20,000. Uh, If we got enough money here and we would paid this other debt down considerably, we might could do that building. That would be fantastic because that would accommodate the offices which are already designed, uh, would accommodate some more uh, adult classes, plus take our children's ministry for many years down the road. When we got where that children's ministry needed, that whole building, we'd have enough membership to do something else, if that answers your question. When you said
0: it would add another 20,000, you're talking about another 20,000 square square feet. Not another $20,000.
1: Yeah, um, we'll be talking another two million dollars and, and we don't expect to get two million out of this, but when we sell it we may have this debt paid down where we can still do it. So that okay. that's that's four options we've got.
12: <laughs> and I just wanted to make a statement about the chairs. I know that people are hesitant about that. Jason I've been part of a church plant where the sanctuary was a multi purpose and it's really not that big of a deal. If you get some teenage boys, which we have lots of and you get them those hand trucks, it's up within 30 minutes. And that's 500 plus chairs that we had out in the sanctuary. So it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I've hauled them around myself, so they're I'm not are
1: more They're more comfortable than these pews, I guarantee you. And I love these pews, but uh, they're not comfortable.
0: Faye Roberts has a question here, and then we've got uh, Mr. Blanchard and Mr. Carter. This question might
9: have already been asked, but I was sitting here looking at the stained glass. When the church is sold, will this be like put in storage for when we do build the next phase?
1: We have designed into our sanctuary these stained glass windows. So uh, unless the church votes not to, the stained glass windows will not go with the church. We will put them in storage. Uh, we will probably replace them with something uh, plain or whatever who the buyer is do their own, which they probably would prefer. But, yeah, the stained glass windows was not part of part of this, and it is designed into our new facility. But it will be when the auditorium is built. Now, when that time comes, the congregation may change their mind, but hopefully that answers your question. Bobby Blanchard.
6: Um, we were talking about how if we sold the youth building, we'd sell it. If we'd sell it probably by itself or with the building. If we sold it by itself, where would the youth go until we got that built.
0: Uh, we probably won't. down at the Chevron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to take you all with us.
6: No, I'm talking about before we, until we get that completely built, oh. where would you go?
1: Would oh, we we'll,
0: we'll be, you'll still be in this one until this one is built. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, we're not going to do that to our students. If we sell this building before that's built, we all got to find a place to meet, so, yeah. and we will do that. And I have no and- I, I have no fear that if we sold this before that was com- completed that we would figure out something because that's that's what it's all about. But that was a good question. We'd, we'd be in the same boat you're in. Though.
0: Irv Carter,
14: um, when Sherry and I were in a church in uh, Florida when we moved out of our smaller uh, sanctuary, we moved into a building just like this, and I'm hearing the word basketball court you really don't it's it's not like every day when you every sunday when you go to church you're walking into a basketball court it's it's looks like a regular gym type building it's a multi-purpose and the $25,000 extra on the floor you're getting a floor that's going to last a whole lot longer if you went with a cheaper floor more than likely with doing different different things on the floor you're you're going to have to uh come back and redo that floor so it really doesn't it's not like you're having church on a basketball court it's it's it only looks like a basketball court when everything's out of there and they have a couple of hoops in the room so it's it's really we need to get away from you're having church on a basketball court because it really doesn't give that feeling and and we were actually in that building for six or seven years i believe and then we the church moved on and built a bigger building. So um, that's just a comment.
0: Thanks, sir. Any other questions, comments? We've got Melissa Lambert back there, Jennifer Blackstock, and then Mr. Crawford. Melissa Lambert.
9: Um, have we got a projected estimate of how much our budget is going to need to maintain both buildings like 20 percent 30 percent more of our budget now to maintain both buildings
7: this is far as operating expenses for utilities janitorial uh we don't have firm estimates because we don't have any of i guess the heating system the expected cost we expect it to be much more efficient in this facility So I would be surprised if the utility bills there are any greater than what they are here. And we're planning to shut down most of this that we can. So our goal would be to keep it pretty much similar to what we have currently in the budget for utilities. And uh, I guess the question has been asked, can our one full-time custodian keep up with that building? And we think it will be much easier to maintain than this building. So we don't see any inflation in the budget just to, to shift to moving down there. Is, Wes is saying that's been their experience because uh, of the efficiency of the new appliances.
0: All right, uh, let's go to Jennifer Blackstock. Right here.
7: Right.
9: I've got one right quick since it's back here. Let's go to Sue Ellen Coors.
7: <laughs>
0: She's got the
9: microphone. That's right. If I've got it, just hold on. Uh, I, I was waiting for somebody else to ask this, but it doesn't look like they're going to. When we vacate this building, how is the tax exempt going to work?
7: Uh, we are still a church, and uh, we're still tax exempt, and we're well, still so using it.
9: We're not using it as a as a group. Well, it's we, still exempted with two different buildings. I would say so.
7: Locations. Yeah, we're we're at Palmetto Baptist Church, and our offices are here and part of our operation. So,
0: yeah, we're so still. So
9: until we sell it, we would be tax exempt.
0: As long as we're not using it for a business, yeah. uh, a for profit business, and it is it is listed as uh, a church zone. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's I think we're exempt. good. All right, now let's go to Jennifer Blackstock.
10: Um, I'm sorry if this was answered prior, but has it been determined we still have the difference of $200,000? How quickly do we need to raise that to add to the final cost of the building?
7: How quickly... Well, I, I, you know, I, I would think uh, once we have the uh, will of the church and move forward, we want to kick off a, a campaign uh, as soon as possible internal to the church. And uh, we'd like to see that, you know, get two or $300,000 in very quickly. So three months, something like that. I mean, we don't have a, a time table right now.
0: What has been uh, the experience we all had, churches Bill. What was the percentage growth? Do you know?
3: It varies so much from church to church and the reason for the move and the need for the move. But, you know, in your... It's just, you know, in my observation, you need a church building. This church building has been a great building, but the life expectancy of a building has an ending to it. And the purpose and the way people worship and the function, even if you didn't uh, anticipate growth... This building needs to be replaced uh, with a new building that's modern. You're going to build a bigger building, and your energy bill is probably going to go down because of the new, um, just like a home. You know, a home has a lifespan, and you have to get a new one every once in a while, every generation or ever so long. Um, same with you. But I do anticipate this church having growth because this church is full. This, this facility, this worship facility is used to its maximum amount – and a lot of times people that are worshiping here don't realize how full this church is because you're coming in every week and using it and using it. as a visitor, you know, um, it looks different. And I anticipate when you build, you're, you're going to see probably 30% the first year in growth and probably another 20% in the second year. And it's not unusual for churches to double by three years of being in a new worship facility. Okay. And we come back and do the next phase. That's what we're hoping happens. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's the business. <laughs> That's right. Nathan Collin, uh, Nathan Crawford.
6: Okay, I'm not really sure who this question would be directed at, but I know looking up there at the youth facility, it appears to have the stage, and then like, oh, not really, I don't think it would be a storage room, but a corner room. What would the capacity of that room be? Because I know in the last five, six months, we've had, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 people in that youth building over there. Yeah.
1: The youth, uh, the facility, the youth assembly area up there, uh, including the, the booths that'll go in there, and some other areas. I think it's pushing a hundred. Uh, I've counted that thing enough times in the chairs, and I think all the capacity, including the stage and all, is right at hundred, maybe a little bit more. Jason, do you remember looking at uh, looking at that? Yeah, right at a hundred. Uh, if y'all outgrow that, we'll probably be outgrow the re- outgrowing the rest of it. I could see that building in the back, and I was talking about being a youth center, which actually would be separated from this church building. And some of us old people would probably just hate to lose your friendship, but we're, <laughs> but we not would not would not uh, y'all could rock <laughs> y'all could rock and roll out there, and we wouldn't know it. <laughs> trying to say a polite way to say that, and I couldn't. All right,
0: thank you. Uh,
1: Neil Baird has a question
0: back there. Then I think I see Joe Milner, Neil Baird, and Joe Milner.
6: If the front wall there is towards 29 by the elevator, is that where you go into the auditorium?
1: That's one. That's one place. The main entrance probably will be at the drive under, which is uh, on the other end. Okay. Is
6: which end is the front of the The, auditorium?
1: The front end. The front. Well, the front of the auditorium is on that blank wall you see from 29.
6: And that's you, where you're, you're see, going to be going in. Yeah, you see the so entrance there going on in the, front. From the
1: front. Well, you got two entrances into the whole building. I Inside found my corner. I'm sorry, I'm looking in the wrong pocket. Twenty nine Highway is right here. Okay. When you, when you pull in, you go around the building. That's the drive under. That's where the pavilion's at. There'll be a drive under there. That will be the main entrance. We'll also have some drive, uh, some driveway coming in up here, and that will be another entrance. You can All go right. in that entrance where the elevator is, and we're redoing this right here. You're probably going to have a passageway right through there, okay, or you come through here and go in.
6: Just just past the elevator, that wall, is that going to be the front of the auditorium or
1: the back uh, of the, the auditorium? The front of the auditorium is right here. I, I see what your question is. The, okay, uh, you'll be
6: coming in the side then.
1: Yeah. You'll be coming in the side both ways, Yes.
0: All right, Joe Milner. We probably need somebody to interpret for
2: Joe.
0: It's <laughs> not a very
10: good point. <laughs> I don't know how often I've said this, but Chris Beatty, I agree with you on some things. Um, I may have never said that, but... <laughs> no, upward basketball and soccer was talked about, and I know I've gone through upward, and I started going into coaching straight after I stopped playing. Based upon what cost of maintenance would be for that gym if someone were to want to start up upward soccer out on the fields we have how
1: much more of a cost would it take to maintain the fields and to get all the equipment needed for it we just happen to have the person here to answer that and it's not me our landscaper is sitting back here don't look at me like that (laughs) We've got the right grass there. We do have some areas that if we were going to do up with soccer, we would go in and reseed some areas. Uh, we already have the irrigation there. It would be the cost of the of the nets and the balls and all that. There's probably some areas that we would want to put some fencing up just to keep balls in places, out of places we don't want to. But uh, that gives you a good idea. I would say during soccer season, a $1,000 a month just for – the water and irrigation and oh. prepping. Do what? Okay. We, we got, got enough youth. To we got that. some. We got some good rice cutters here that we're going to solicit at that time. Well,
0: In also, fact, also the potential for not saying we're going to do soccer, but the potential for upward soccer would probably pay for all of that.
1: Yeah. We're actually making money at at Upward. Uh, Part of that's because, a lot of that's because of the uh, concessions, but uh, Upward actually has been profitable in a lot of ways, spiritually and financially.
0: All right, other questions? Robbie Blanchard has a question back there, R.J. Any other question after uh, Robbie? Uh, Mr. Crespo and then Mr. Hull. Robbie?
6: Y'all are saying, why don't we have upward soccer? We can have any upward we want. We have three fields over there. We can have upward baseball, football. We don't just have to have one upward. Or ping pong. Uh,
0: Ping pong. We're not having. I don't want a ping pong. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mr. Crespo over here. John Crespo. Um. Having a
7: service in a gymnasium, how do we expect the acoustics of that to actually sound? I
3: know we battle that a bit here, and in being in a gym, I mean, is it going to be kind of echoey or loud? I mean, are we going to have sound panels? Yes, we- the uh, audiovisual team that Church picks to put in the system will adjust the acoustics for it, and you're, you're not going to have a big... It's not going to sound like a gym where it rings. Uh, They'll put in acoustical treatments throughout the building to make it sound um, like a worship center.
0: Mr. Hull. And then Judy Long, I think.
4: Yeah, I know I've touched this three times already, and one more time, internet live service. We can invite friends and people who don't know who we are about to see what we are about through the internet so they don't have to come here physically if they don't you know, feel embarrassed or uncomfortable coming here, but they can see what we're about and what our services are like and maybe make that decision and come to our church. Yep.
3: I think a good thing to do is just to when you check on the audiovisual company and you complete that and they're putting together your package, have an option of what cameras would cost and what it would cost to go to a full-blown live streaming worship center uh, service and then bring that to whoever would be over that part of the uh, service and let let the church decide if they want to spend that amount of money on that particular uh, segment of the worship.
0: Uh, Judy Long.
9: The other day I took a different uh, direction. I just wanted to change the scenery coming to the church. And as I drove through Palmetto, I looked across at a church that the grass is growing in their parking lot. And I thought, I hope that doesn't happen to us. We have a great opportunity here. I can't say I've always been positive about what you know we were looking at. But as I looked at that parking lot that day, I thought, the grass is not growing in our parking lot. The grass is being kept down by every one of you that are here tonight. Every one of you have been a part of this church, probably longer than I have, but we want to keep the grass not growing in this parking lot. These folks have put a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of hours into this, and at this point, I feel like they've done what we need to have done for this church and for us to continue to grow. We're going to have to have this. We are out of space. We have no place for our children. Our children is in the basement. It's damp. It's dusty. And it's not the best place for our children. When we have people come in, they look at that place and they probably think, that's not the best place that I want my child at. So let's not let the grass grow in our parking lot. Let's make sure that we move forward, we do God's work, and we move on. Amen.
3: All right, Everett. Uh, On the food pantry, if we sell this church and all, where are you going to move the food pantry to and what location?
0: If we sell this facility... We will be we'll be able to afford to move the food pantry and some offices over there. Uh, that won't be a problem. Any other question? C.J. Richardson and
8: then Sarah Cochran. You know, I've only been a part of this church, I guess, fifteen years now. My wife was raised here. We're raising our kids here. This is our family. Um, but I know that's just a drop in the bucket compared to a lot of other members, and that weighs a lot with me. That that means a lot. The concerns that there still exist about about leaving this building, um, but also with Mr. Bill, Mr. Frank, the people that we've put on this team, um, I trust not only their technical and professional expertise, but their spiritual um, background and what they've put into this. And um, something that comes to my mind is the, the parable of the, the master with the three servants. They were all given a certain amount of gold. Two of them, two of the servants invested that gold. They gained back more than what they were given. They were told, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, come and share. The third one was so scared of losing what he had been given and making the master angry, he just sat on it. He didn't do anything with it, and he was cast out. I think we've got an opportunity here. Um, we've gone through these fundraising efforts. My family has shared the, the joy and the frustration of it. Um, we've given sacrificially, and at times we haven't given as sacrificially as we should have. But I think this is something that we can do. Um, the human side of me is concerned About having a debt over our head. The human side of me is concerned about trying to support two campuses when there's times that we're, you know, can't support the one. We've always been able to make do and pull it out and and get the job done. But I think we need to step out on faith. I think we need to not let this be a personal decision, but to, I guess, I challenge you all. And myself to prayerfully consider this and to genuinely do what you feel God's leading you to do as far as this decision. I think this is important and it's going to be the defining moment for our church. And we say that, but I think this is really it. I think this is the, the make or break time. Thanks, CJ.
0: Sarah Cochran.
9: CJ pretty much said what I wanted to say, but I want to add that I think if we um, remember the wonderful turnout that we had for Trunk or Treat down at our property, that we don't have to worry about church growth. I think God just showed us then what can be done when we do something that he wanted us to do. And I have to agree with what Jimmy said last week. I I think that if we don't do this, that we may as well put that property up for sale because God's giving us an opportunity. And if we don't take it, he's not going to bless us.
0: Thank you, ma'am. Other questions? Peggy Woodall.
9: I would just like to ask for a paper vote on the 22nd when we vote so that people can um, vote their conviction from God and... um, There's less chance of influence, and um, I'd like for us to consider that.
0: All right. Other questions? Ms. Barbara Pullum agrees with Peggy. Other questions or comments? (laughs) Dr. Jerry Watson, back there in the back.
11: as I think of uh, where we are and what we're about uh, probably my family came into the church family in the mid-60s and I have seen uh, my children grow up in this church I've seen my grandchildren grow up accept Christ be nurtured by this church family And really, uh, I sense instilled in them what the love of Christ is all about. And I am very much in favor of seeing our church family make this transition. To me, we would be making it because we love people, we care for people. Mm And we want to meet the needs of the people in the area. Uh, I love Jeremiah 29, 11. I try to instill it with the kids all the time. And basically he tells us that I have plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. That's what I see this move and all that we're talking about being about. God will work us through it. He'll lead us through it. And uh, He can do amazing things for the ordinary people just like us when we're open and willing and seeking His will. And there will be a way, and it will be his way, and he will lead us that way. Thank you, sir. James Stevens had his uh, hand up here.
0: I've got a microphone up here, RJ.
7: I've been coming here for four years now. I've seen this church through its hard times, even though I've only been here that short of a time, and I know we've gone through our best times. I know and I believe we will make the right decisions to move over there. We could do this. I am voting yes, and I hope you all do the same.
0: That was old man James Stevens. (laughs) Any other questions or comments? All right. Thank you for being here. Thank you for every comment, question, concern that you have shared. Uh, Pray on the morning of June the 22nd in both our morning services, we will vote. Uh, We'll make it a paper vote. And it'll be 80% required. Let's stand and... Yeah.
1: We hadn't been members here very long, uh, and I guess that's the reason they did it. Uh, they appointed me as building on the building committee with Karen and Mr. Frank Smith to build this wing out here. If I'd been members here a little long, they might not have done that. But the three of us designed a, a fairly good facility that served us for a long time and we borrowed money on that building and I don't know if anybody can tell us how long it took to pay it back but I don't think it took us that long the other thing I want to say is there's, there's been two uh, monumental things that have happened here since we've been members and it was amazing to me as I think about it there were two oars involved Sammy Ors had a vision his vision was to establish a church look at Crossroads Church now wow Jimmy Orr had a vision too that we need to reach people for Christ and this facility wouldn't accommodate reaching that many more. So praise God for the oars. Two oars better than one? Right.